So we've been going through this, going through this series for the whole whole month of, of February, and uh, and the series is about is about strands. These are sort of themes that um, I feel we need to kind of focus in on, to hone in on, hone in on this year, and it's all to do with with connection. So the first one is about uh, connection, connection with others. I mean, connection with God. Man, I get it wrong. Like you know. Here we go. Connection with God, specifically connection with God in prayer. The second one is uh, connection with with each other, you know, as a as a church community. Connection with each other, and the third one is connection with with others, which is what I want to uh, go into this morning. And uh, the idea of like strands comes from Ecclesiastes, like quite a familiar verse where it talks about a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And I and I have the sense like as we all um, believe, I believe that as we kind of like intentionally um, work these strands into our lives, that actually we're going to, we're going to be stronger uh, as individuals and as people. And it's going to be a blessing for our whole, whole city and nation. Connection with others. Uh, d- during the week, I, um, you know, we've been talking about it for the last few weeks about the, there was an Open Heaven Prayer event happening at Michael Fowler Centre. And uh, I didn't see anybody else from CV there, but I was there. Give me a wave if you win. Maybe there was somebody. I mean, there was a few thousand people. You were there. Awesome, Jacob. Were you upstairs? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a cool it was a cool moment like i mean you know like quite quite different from uh from here at cv right like um it's michael fowler center quite different style of uh of uh church you could say uh but really really cool to see uh you know different different churches different uh Believers from different churches coming together with a sort of a focus on on God and to worship together and uh, and to pray together and you know I met a few a few other people from from other churches up in you know uh, the heart Kapiti uh, all over the place actually and so it was really 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 cool and I think one of the things the reason why I wanted to sort of mention that was um, how we are a church we are a church in the city. Like, there's the church, church of Wellington. So we're a little, a little church, a little sea church in Wellington, but then there's the whole church of Wellington. And it is actually really cool to find ways of connecting with um, you know, other, other believers and other, uh, other Christians in, in Wellington. When, uh, when you read through the New Testament, you have these different letters, you know, Corinthians, Ephesians, Philippians. Dad likes to say Philippines. Hey, Dad, he's watching at home, I'm sure. Um, and they're all they're all letters to, to churches and and cities and locations. And so, uh, and so you can imagine if you know if if Paul or somebody was writing a, a letter, it would be to the Church of Wellington. It's not going to be to Capital Vineyard, be, be to, the ter- to the Church of Wellington. And he might say something like, "Okay, uh, Church of Wellington, um, I've heard about you. You." Uh, definitely the uh, most well-dressed uh, Christians in New Zealand and um, you do the best music and uh, everybody is like really jealous of you. But here's a few things that I think you need to pay attention to. You know how often the letters begin like that? If you've read some of the letters, kind of it's a bit, oh, I was going to use a swear word there, but I don't swear. Um, you know how you have a compliment and then, a, and then you know, something that is not a compliment and then a compliment? Yes, a kind of a sandwich. Anyway, um, don't go there. James, don't go there. The other guy might, but not me. Anyway, but the letters are sometimes like that. They, they start with like something that's cool and then something that's not quite cool and then something that's cool again. So 
these connections, these connections we've been thinking about, they're almost like a, almost like okay, Capital Vineyard Church, do it, like awesome church, obviously like the number one church in Wellington. You know, hundred percent believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be the pastor here. Um, now they wouldn't take me on all those other churches. So this is where I could get a job. Anyway, um, just jokes. Uh, but there's a few things that we can we can focus on. This is where the connections come in. It's like okay, let's uh, let's give a bit more attention to prayer. Let's give a, give a bit more attention to like how we can actually connect with one another, and let's give a bit more attention to how we can connect with with others. Sound good? Uh, some of you, some of you are like me, and you have a book of the Bible named after you. I've got the book of James. <laughs> well, like, what's your book? <laughs> Daniel, John, <laughs> there's a few others, eh? Or maybe it's the other way around. The book of James is named after the author. It was one of, one of Jesus' closest followers. And, uh, and it's also Jesus' brother, Jesus young, one of his younger brothers. And he had the nickname, Old Camel Knees. Old Camel Knees. And uh, this is according to church tradition, it's because that he would spend so many hours praying on his knees that he'd develop these big calluses on his knees. And they look like, I guess they look like camel knees. Thick calluses from, from many years of hardcore prayer. And so, and so you kind of imagine, hey, James, okay, James that's uh, Jesus' younger brother, some, you know, someone that spent his whole life walking around with Jesus, um, you know, getting to know him. And, and then Jesus, Jesus uh, you know, he, he dies, he's resurrected, then he sends him to heaven. And then like, James just continues on, on talking to him. And so you can imagine old camel knees, like he's there on his knees, but he's, he's not talking to somebody that, that is, is kind of far away or that he doesn't know. He's talking to, it's like he's talking to his brother. It is his brother. And not just his brother, but also his, his, his king and, and his God. It's pretty cool. And then so he, he wrote this book, the book of James. I would love that it was my favourite book, but actually I find it a very, very confrontational and challenging book. It's a hard book to read. It's, it's challenging and it cuts right to our, our motivations. Apparently way back in the 1500s, anybody around in the 1500s? Uh, yeah. Mum and Dad aren't here, otherwise they'd put their hands up in here. Um, <laughs> Graham and Rosemary, if they were here. Yeah. Anyway, way back in the 1500s, uh, there was a guy, Martin Luther. He was, a, he was a Catholic priest. You might have heard of him. He was sort of the catalyst for the Protestant Reformation. And he reckoned that James just really shouldn't be in the New Testament. Man, how's that, eh? Hey? Shouldn't, just shouldn't be there. Like, it didn't really fit. It didn't really fit in the New Testament. And his main, his main beef, his main issue, was that the book of James seems to emphasise doing good works rather than uh, the, the, the sort of the doctrine of justification by faith, which means that we are, we are made right with God simply by, by, by faith, through faith, by believing, believing in God and coming to God. James seems to emphasise, uh, Martin Luther reckoned that James seemed to overemphasise doing good works. So, are you a kind of person that likes to rip the band-aid off quickly, or do you like to do it a little bit slowly? Qu quick is better, eh? And so this is hard stuff. It's a bit like ripping off the band-aid. And so let's just get straight into it. Let's get straight into it. Uh, James chapter 2, verse 14. Take a deep breath. It's going to be all right. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. 
What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. <laughs> good for you. Thumbs up. Even the demons believe that. <laughs> and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? <sighs> and then he finishes the chapter with this, with this clincher. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Oh, you can see why it's a bit like ripping that band-aid off, eh? I was feeling good before I heard this. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. It's a bit like, uh, you know, you come across a tree, a tree stump, you know, and you think it's going to take a lot of effort to get that tree over, eh, to knock it over, and then you give it a push and it turns out it's all rotten underneath. It's, there's no life in it. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. So Martin Luther, he, he was reacting, like when he, in the in 1500s, he was reacting to a church culture that was really all about uh, trying to prove your faith to other people and trying to impress God and, and trying to earn your way into heaven by, by, by works, especially like by, by buying little trinklets called indulgences, buying your way into heaven. And, and there was no emphasis or belief and, and it seems like little understanding that we can actually be saved into the loving arms of Jesus, of, fa of God, by, by faith alone. You know, that we, we can simply come to God. This is nice. This is so good. We can come to God in our messed up, broken, failed again. So yeah, Lord, I sinned again. And we can come to Him just like that. And He totally welcomes us. Just like if you know the prodigal son story and the, and the, and the son, he's taken his dad's inheritance. It's like, Dad, uh, I'd rather you were dead and I had your money. And he, take, and he goes off and he squanders that money and he ends up in a pig farm. And then he, he, he realises that actually my dad's got heaps of food. So he goes home, goes to his dad and the dad comes out and, and he welcomes the son. Even though the son was like, probably smelt quite a lot. That's how the father is with us. He welcomes us. <laughs> he did, like pigs. So, I think. So, so this idea, like you know, this um, it was like a massive turning point in the 1500s. People don't have to pay money. They don't have to buy indulgences. We don't have to do penance to be forgiven. All we need is faith in the goodness of God and in the sacrifice of Jesus alone. This is the perfect exchange. His life for ours. He takes our lives and he transforms us and he makes us truly alive in him, eternally alive in him. Jesus saves. Jesus saves us. But it's not simply something that happens on the inside. It's not something that simply happens in, in the private of our own hearts. Like we're really, really good at sort of separating our lives into, you know, our, and sort of what happens in here and then everything that happens out there. But, but the saving, like the saving faith, like faith in Jesus, there's not something that simply happens inside. Life-changing faith in God changes our entire lives. This is what James is getting at. He says that, he says that faith that actually means something, faith that is really alive within you, within me, 
True faith actually actually results in outward changes. It has to. It has to. And, and he highlights how specific how specifically, how especially faith is alive changes how we relate to others. He kind of goes, you, you should be kind. You know, you should be patient, patient, generous, friendly, loving, inviting. Like this is all how we, how we relate to other people. And you read those words, say, uh, about being patient, about being kind, about being generous, about being friendly and inviting and loving. And you go, oh, that sounds like Jesus. It's a bit like Jesus. I don't know if you if you if you've been you know <laughs> in your walk with Jesus and and you, and you come across you come across someone and then and then eventually you find out that they're a Christian and you're like I had no idea <laughs> I can't believe it you are a Christian right that's a complete surprise you'd never have guessed by the way they live by the way they speak by the way they relate to people. It seems to me as I read the book of James that what he's getting at is that if, you, if, you have, if you're a believer, if you really have faith in Jesus, you believe in Jesus and you're doing your best to follow him, then people should be able to guess. They should be able to guess, at least eventually. Oh, you're a Christian. Oh, yeah, that makes sense, you know. That makes sense. I could, yeah, I could have guessed that from the way that you, you've been, you know. There's something different about you, you know. Actions speak louder than words, right? And so this is, this is what I think James is getting at. Actions speak l- louder than words. And so James, James doesn't stand alone as a book in the Bible. It's completely consistent with, with the rest of the New Testament. Uh, Jesus said this, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Oh man, even Jesus emphasises good works, doesn't he? Good deeds, good deeds that, that shine out for all to see. That's Matthew 5.14. I'm, I'm a big fan of emojis. And I, re- I really like how you can add like these, little, these little pictures into text messages and emails and they have their own little meanings. And, and th- these are some of my most frequent like facepalm. All right, oh, praise the Lord, whatever, hands in the air and then the head explosion. I'm not sure what that really sa- says about me. I think my number one emoji is facepalm. Uh, I don't know. I'm like, oh, I, oh, I did that again, facepalm. But I love emojis because they, they convey like their own message on their own. And so sometimes you get you get a text or you get a um, you get an email, and, and it kind of sounds a little bit grumpy, eh? Or um, you know they, the the email kind of comes across a little bit grumpy, and then but then you come across a little emoji at the end, like a little smiley face or something. And go, oh, actually they weren't grumpy at me at all. They they kind of like me, and and it's kind of like that. I, I like them. They have their own little message. Uh, and, and the way that we live, the out, like outward things, how we treat people, uh, how we speak, how we use money and our possessions and our time, they, they send their own message. They're a bit like emojis. They send their own, own message. And hopefully the message that, that our lives send is actually a message that points, that points to Jesus. It points to God, like this, oops, like, the, uh, like that cross up on the, up, you know, the cross that's up on the screen, like it's, it's pointing to Jesus. 
They send a message that points to God and His unbelievably good love for us. When, when Jesus ascended into heaven, actually, I've talked about this before, He, he, he says to him, oh, he says to His followers, I, I'm, I'm going to leave. Actually, it's better for you that I leave because then I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended into heaven, He promised to send the Holy Spirit. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell upon and it filled, He filled all the believers and He, and he transformed them. He transformed them. Well, one of the main purposes of the Holy Spirit uh, wasn't so much that people would, would feel good uh, or feel nice. It was to empower the believers to be Jesus' witnesses. This is what Jesus said just before he ascended. This is Acts of the Apostles, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit comes to empower people to be, to witness to Jesus, to, to spread the message of Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowers us to show and tell other people that Jesus is real, that He is God, that He loves us. The Holy Spirit uh, helps us to be like Jesus, which makes sense, eh? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Holy Trinity, God in one. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one with Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes into us. You know, it makes us, helps us to be like Jesus, to demonstrate the love of God for people. And, the, and like a three-word phrase, I've been, I've just, it's just been stuck in my mind, love, love in action, love in action. Love in action, which means more than words. Finding, finding ways to demonstrate the love of God. Giving food to someone that's hungry. Uh, James says, it's no good like saying to someone, oh, uh, you, know, you come across someone that's hungry and, and you say, oh, hey, have a good day, and you walk away. Uh, he kind of goes, no, you should give them something to eat. Love in action, giving food to someone that's hungry, praying for somebody that's suffering, sharing, Jesus, sharing about Jesus with somebody who hasn't heard about how good he is. And I feel like this year, God, God, is, God is inviting us. He's highlighting this to us. He's going, guys, Capital Vineyard Church, try some things out. Try some things out to show, to show the love of God. And you might make mistakes, but that's okay. I still love you. <laughs> try some things out to show the love of God. And um, they might be like, like one-off one -off projects, like one-off, like it might be a, a, food, a, a food appeal. You know, we, one of the cool, one of the highlights, I think, from, from the like, inner last year was how we had tables in that corner, like loaded up with boxes of food and, and supplies that we were able to give to um, Salvation Army who distributed it to people in need. Love in action. Uh, one-off projects are awesome. Like you might have an idea, oh, I'm gonna take, I wanna take sandwiches to hungry people in town. Or, or perhaps there's um, ongoing ministries that God, God is actually stirring up and you've kind of gone, oh, I've had this, you've had this thing on your heart for a while. God, and God is stirring it up. And, and I feel like uh, we, we need to try things, we need to try things out to, to see how they go. Sometimes you go, oh, how do you know it's, you know, okay, you, you have an idea that you think might be God and it's, you know, to show the love of God some, in some way. You go, how do you know it's God? Well, uh, A, it seems like it would be something that Jesus would do. <laughs> It's not pushing people over or whatever, you know. It seems like something something Jesus would do. Uh, uh, it kind of it seems, you know, you're reading the scriptures. It seems like something that would be supported by the scriptures. 
Um, okay, it seems like something God would do. Seems like uh, seems like a good idea. I'm going to give it a go. And then you know, if it if it's kind of got God's breath behind it, there will be like this this ease to it, or this almost like this opening opening up of it. And and if that doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. You get to bless somebody, even even if one one thing. It might be one small thing. It might be a huge step of faith. You might. End up with egg on your face, all good. John Wimber used to say, I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? Also, we want to highlight like praying for people and, and sharing our faith, sharing the good news of Jesus with people we haven't heard. We all have friends, family members, neighbours, people we know, people we don't know. <laughs> who desperately need to discover the reality of Jesus for themselves. And they, you know, we, we know this for ourselves. God changes lives. God changed my life. God changes families' lives. And so if he changes the life of a family, he changes generations. My kind of like my overall hope this morning was to um, almost like to, to stir up our imaginations to kind of go, oh, what you know, what what God might what what God might want us to do, and to have to have ideas and to uh, almost like imagine, okay, in a, in a year's time, what are the things that we've tried or what are the things that we've kind of given energy to, and 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 I thought um, it'd be cool to have some have some stories from people that have actually given things a go and and are doing stuff uh, to kind of give us a bit of. Uh, it's almost like you know, flesh on the bones. You can see what it's like. So I've got a couple of very special guests today that I'm going to interview that have been involved uh, in ministries that seem like Jesus, that seem Jesus-like. Remember, we are, we are the body of Jesus. And these ministries seem Jesus-like. They demonstrate the love of God for people in need. And like I said, hoping that these stories will stir up our imagination and give us, give us a glimpse into God, what God might be inviting us into. So first of all, can I invite uh, Chris, Chris up? Chris J, a round of applause. The legend, the rumour, that is. <laughs> come over here. Yeah, uh, come over, Chris. Fine. Uh, um, Chris was involved with a ministry uh, a number of years ago called Drug Arm. And so I've got a, I'm going to ask you a few questions that you already know what I'm going to ask you. I thought last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him that. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. So, uh, Chris, can you uh, tell us a little bit about Drug Arm and and what it was what it was about, uh, like the kinds of things that you did? Sure. Um, Drug Arm is an organisation called Drug and Awareness Movement. It's come out of Australia. There's some of it still in Australia. Um, I was involved in the Wellington uh, group from. For, I was involved for about 12 years until we had to wind up in 2022. So we only wound up couple of years ago because we ran out of volunteers. That's the reason we stopped because we didn't get enough people. Um, but basically it's still running in Christchurch and it's still running in New Plymouth. So that's two places where it's still occurring. So um, what is it? What is it? Well, basically it's where you go out and meet people on the street where they are. Um, the one we had in Wellington was basically we had a van, um, which was, well, we, we got funding for a van. So you then turn, it's like a um, six people van I suppose but you turn the back end of it into a place that would hold hot water, coffee tea, Milo uh, cold water uh, we used to get food from Kibosh and uh, the Good Bitches Bakery um, make very good bakes and they used to provide us with that sort of food we had blankets, we had um, jackets, we had um, things that people may need and then we used to go out on the street 
So we used to start about, it was on a roster, so I was out once a month. Uh, we would start, and it used to go on a Friday and a Saturday night in Wellington. So we would start around um, 10 o'clock at night, um, meet up at Elim Church, that's where the usual pickup was, you know, just off the back of um, Kent, Cambridge Terrace. And then we'd go, okay, God, where do you want us to go? Where do you want us to go in Wellington? So we went all over the place. So we went from, uh, when I was in, when I went out, Porirua, Waitangirua, so straight into Cannons Creek. Amazing people you meet. And this is in the middle of the night. It's not like it's the daytime, thinking, oh, is it not a nice place to go? Oh, we had God with us, and it was fine. It went really, really well. Um, we also went over to Island Bay, uh, Nainai, um, basically all over Wellington, and we'd usually finish down up on, down on um, Courtney Place. So the bottom of um, uh, Tory Street was the, one of the places we would fend up, so where there's like a dairy on the corner there, the van would park up and meet people's needs, or Cuba, or Manners, or all over the place. So no, no, no night was the same in the time I did it. There was not a single night that was the same. So yeah. Do you want some stories? Um, yeah. Just, I do, I do. Yeah, don't, don't go. Um, I just, do you know at all how it started? I'm not 100% sure how it started in Wellington because I wasn't involved, I wasn't here in the 80s when it started. So it was back in the 80s it was going. So it ran for quite a long time until 2022. As I said, I was involved for about 12 years. So yeah. So it was going for a reasonable length of time. And yeah, it was interesting with the people that you met, how they, when they had kids, they remembered. So I'll give one, I'll give one example, if that's okay for that. Um, but down the bottom of Kent, Cambridge Terrace, where the, the, where the car garages are, a load of people used to meet up with their, with their, with their big, um, big cars. You know, the boy racers, as you would call them, but not necessarily see themselves as that. So you sit there and have a conversation with them, talk about various different things. And not that long ago, before we wound up, we bumped into a group of people who had kids with uh, their children with them. And they went, we remember you. You gave us a hot drink and some food when we were down on Kent Terrace. And so it's the fact that the people remember those sorts of things. So yeah, it's been going for a while. Wow, that's really cool. That's amazing. Um, do you have uh, any, any stories um, where you kind of like, it seemed like Jesus was kind of meeting with people or you can kind of sort of highlight uh, like love and, act, love and action as I've been talking about. Is there anything that kind of stands out? Uh, there's lots. And it's a question of finding the ones that you really would be interested in. There's, there's so many. And you, can't, you get home at two in the morning, you don't want to sleep. You're so, you know, you're so up there, and it's like, this has gone really, really well. Um, I suppose one over, I'll give a couple if that's all right. But there was one where... Um, there was a juggler who used to juggle on Courtney Place, and it's not the chap that died in the hostel fire. Um, we did know him as well, um, but it was another chap. And we used to go to say, did you want a hot drink or anything to eat? And over time, he was like, you should take a drink and carry on juggling with a bit of a chat for a brief moment. Until it got to a point one time, he just basically stopped juggling, came down to the van and just opened up about his life. We just, we got to, and every time I went out, I would go and see him. And we'd have a chat about how's life, how's family, how's friends, how's things going. So that's that's one. Um, quite often, you would um, people are really, really lonely at two in the morning. The the way the conversations you can have with people at two in the morning are just phenomenal. 
just talking about God, talking about life, talking about friends. They just want to, and some of them just want to chat. So yeah, it's raining, standing in court, standing in Courtney Place, or you're standing on Cuba, under an overhang, having a conversation with someone at one, two in the morning. And they may have a drink from you, they may not. Uh, one girl came up to me um, one time and said, I've sent the van out for three years, but I haven't had the courage to come and ask what you do. What do you do and why do you do it? Didn't have to start a conversation, didn't have to ask anything there, they just went for it. And yes, yeah, sometimes you would help people who were a bit too um, inebriated, to put it mildly, um, who needed rehydration, or who needed to be kept safe. So it's how to keep people safe and get them home as well, but by showing God's love in it. Yeah, I miss it. I really do miss it. Um, we had to wind up in 2022, and I've been trying to find something since that's similar or what God wants me to do. Yes, I damaged my knee in 2023, so that took the entire year out. Um, but I'm looking for something like that where I can be involved. Amazing. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, and if, um, if people want to find out more about yeah. what you did, and um, I don't know, even just sort of thinking now about um, sort of potential for that sort of ministry in the future. But yeah. Thanks, Chris. And just just hearing that hearing the stories eh, about people's needs, it sort of just t- touches my heart. Eh, like the sort of felt this you know compassion being stirred. So, uh, the next uh, legends that I want to interview this morning are uh, Sam, Sam and Nancy. Are you both going to come up or just uh, just Sam? You both can. Okay. Uh, Sam, Sam and Nancy are involved with a, um, a ministry out in Poirua called Street Kai that uh, you might have heard about a little bit about before, but mainly about feeding people on 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 Mondays. Um, I'm going to ask you the same questions. So, can you can you tell us a little bit about uh, Street Kai and the kinds of things that the kind of things that you do? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Street Kai is a is a ministry that we uh, cook, and then we actually deliver to individual. Uh, we, we, we go to them. Uh, we started last year. Uh, actually, started w- before we started last year. There's a group of Indi- uh, a group of people: uh, Rosemary Graham, uh, Jiwan, uh, Sandra, and John. And there's a group of them been praying because they, they have that calling in their heart uh, to start something for Parirua. Because a, a lot of people is servicing the homeless, those, those people in Wellington, because, and they are well-fed already, they are, they are, they're pretty well-fed compared to those in Pararua. So uh, there's a group been praying in Pararua. And uh, mainly because to, to cook for people, you need a facility, you cannot just cook at home. It's not big enough. So, so we, we managed, they managed to get a church, uh, uh, the, uh, Trinity Church in, 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 in Titahi Bay uh, that allowed us to use their kitchen. It's a big kitchen. They've got two ovens, one huge, one big oven and big stove that we can cook and they've got the size and facility. So, so we started there. Uh, first night, we only cooked 12 meal <laughs> because we, we, it's basically cold call. So we drive around, you know, we drove around Prairua, give to whoever we see. And then second Monday, we get about 20. And then third Monday, we're starting to have people giving names and individual and homes to go to. So, so we start delivering to homes. We got 30, 40, 
and now we reach uh, a year after we are now in the 70s because we have a 70 meal we cook and uh, to about 24 families um, there, there are few that stay under the bridge uh, you'd be surprised you know the, the, the train bridge between uh, new t uh, the new world and the Pererua train station there are people staying underneath there uh, even the Mana Bridge that you go across the Plymouthon, there are people staying underneath there as well uh, at night, uh, which we, we just drove by you know, most of the time. But there, we, we have, we have uh, some of us, uh, there's uh, Niwa, uh, she's just amazing, the, the two couple, they will go out almost like every day. They, will, they have a sponsor from a bakery, from Tower Bakery, that give them all the, all the bakery stuff. So they'll go out almost every day to these people and provide for them. Uh, what we do is that we just, we, because of our, the facilities and the numbers and the deliverers, so we cook Monday and then we hot meal and then we deliver. Uh, but about middle of last year, we, we managed to uh, connect to uh, Kai Bosch as well, which Chris is using. So, so we get a lot of vegetables. Uh, we have to buy the meat. Uh, but we got vegetables, which, which helps because vegetables are expensive nowadays. So we managed to cook with vegetables and then we have uh, bread and all this. So, and fruits, they, they provide us like 10 boxes of food each, each month, sometimes 20 boxes of food. Like, we just cannot process. We have to, we run out of boxes because we've got 24 families, we have to pack them into boxes. We run out of boxes and bags and things like that uh, to, 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 give, to, to give out. And, and you need more deliverer because we can't fit, you can't fit all these boxes into a car because you know, so you have to spread out the four deliverers or five, you know, as many as you can get because just too many boxes to put in the car. Uh, so, so we need, sometimes we have, uh, we do have a uh, family that have a van and truck so, so we can fit more into a car to deliver. So yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, um, thank you for, Sharing about that, do you have um, like one or two stories about like how you've kind of seen like the love of God um, in action, or yeah? yeah. Um, th th that's a few story. I think I think um, uh, the good thing about this is that you, you start to because we, we deliver to a fixed route, you know, fixed family, different people because they, they know that area. So one go to uh, Waitangirua, another one to Cannons Creek. You know, if there's a different group. So different people have different experience. And um, one that you, because you keep delivering to them, you know them. You talk to them, they talk to you. And a lot of time you can't, you know, they tell you, you have a chance, they'll tell you their problem and we can pray for them. Some of them, they'll say, oh, do you mind we pray for this? Most, almost like all the time they say, yep, yeah, sure. You know, they will accept prayer. And those, they are, uh, some of them non-Christians, you know, each time we'll go there, we tell them, God, you know, when we leave, we say, God bless. They will say some, I mean, there, there is a, a, a lady that she will not answer at all. For a year, she will not answer anything, you know. She said, say thank you. I mean, of course, she'll say thank you. But when you say, God bless, you just keep quiet, you know, she knows. And then last week, Nancy, you know, we, we delivered to that, to that, to that, to her. And then she wasn't there. And then she wrote a note at her window and said, please leave it, you know, inside this box. And then she said, God bless, she wrote down there. <laughs> so, so that was really good. So I said, whoa, okay, not bad. After a year, finally, you know, you know the, 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 the rock in the heart, you know, starting to start soften. So, so pretty excited about that, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, yes.
Yeah. And, and here, there's some time, I mean, one of, uh, I, I didn't know it, or I don't know whether it happened, but someone said, oh, the food, the food multiply. I said, does it happen? You know, because we, we cook and somehow we underestimate. And uh, everyone said, it's not going to be enough. We just, okay, we just pack everything. We just pack. So we just, just put things in the you know, containers, you know, 70 containers. And they said, oh, okay, you still have enough for, the, for us. Okay, we have our, you know, we, we, we have the meal. Said, oh, hang on. How come we still have leftover? <laughs> so somehow God multiplied. I mean, while we are doing it, we, you just don't notice it. You just keep on doing it, doing it, doing it. Then after that, you say, hang on. Did that food multiply? We think so, but I don't know. It doesn't look like it. <laughs> so because you can keep, you know, you keep pushing it out, you don't notice it at all. And then when you think about it, oh, yeah, it looks like it. The food multiply. It's sort of yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Cool, thank you. Thanks, Sam, and thanks, Nancy. Um, yeah, so if people want to talk to you more about that, they can have a, yeah, have a yeah. chat after the service. Volunteers, yeah, drivers, we need drivers. <laughs> uh, yeah, help us, definitely. All welcome. And donation as well, yeah. It's a charitable trust, so we managed to register a charitable trust. So we, we uh, yeah, so if you are donating, let us know, so we, we know who, and at the end of the year, we can... Uh, yeah, yeah, give you a receipt. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. That's so good. Thank you. Yeah, can you give uh, Sam and Nancy a round of applause. It's just so so wonderful to hear. I, I love how like some things they just start off, start off small, like an idea, and then sort of like with that persistence and the um, the commitment. Then there's you know the change that God can bring. Uh, it's just uh, just amazing, eh? Uh, we want to be we want to be people who walk who walk the talk. We want to have lives that reflect what we, we believe. And um, you know, one of my favourite favorite scriptures is John 15. It talks about, you know, Jesus says, I, I, yes, I am the vine. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain, remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such, such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. So I started out talking about James, old camel, old camel knees. For him, faith without works is dead. And it's because... It's because James had this deep, intimate, abiding, remaining connection with Jesus that changed his life so, so much. And it naturally resulted in good works. He was like, no, you, you, if you're connected with Jesus, like good works are going to happen. There's going to be fruit. That's what Jesus said. James was a, was a branch connected with the vine. The, the fruit that James produced from his, from his life-giving, sustaining, healing place of abiding in Jesus, this, this is where the fruit came from, from that place of abiding from remaining in God. And so this month we've been talking about these connections. Going to take a break next week. Uh, talking about connections, connecting with God in prayer, connecting with one another, connection with, with the others. But the key thread that kind of goes through all of these is number one, connection with God. Abiding, remaining, whatever kind of word you want to use, but that place of connection with God. That's the, that's the place where it all comes from. If you, if you don't have that connection, then it, just, it does just become dead works, you know, empty works. So let's stand and pray. 
And uh, what I want to do is, is to invite, invite the Holy Spirit to, to stir up our imagination, to uh, like lift, lift the cap off, of our thinking. Uh, you know, sometimes when you've been kind of walking with God for a while, um, yeah, you can actually can, you can get a little bit cynical about certain things or you, you might have ideas and you go, oh, that's not going to make any difference or that's not going to work. But I feel like uh, one of the things that God is wanting to do this year is to give us, give us ideas. Small things maybe, big things maybe, whatever they are. Uh, so I want to invite the Holy Spirit to, to do that, to stir up the uh, to stir up the to stir up our imagination, to empower us, to equip us, to show the love of Jesus to those around us. So Lord, we we thank you so much for your incredible goodness to us, Lord, that you've uh, called each one of us, you called each one of us by name into your family, that we can have. Uh, a deep and abiding and rich and life-sustaining connection with you, a connection that, that, never, that never, never needs to be, never dies. And so we can have eternal life with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're, you're here with us. We pray, Lord, this morning that you would, uh, you'd stir up our, stir up our imaginations, that you would, uh, you'd settle on our, settle in our minds and almost like you'd, you'd influence our thinking You'd give us ideas, Lord. You'd give us dreams. You'd you'd motivate us. You'd inspire us. You'd you'd help us to see with fresh eyes, like to see see our city, to see our communities, to see our neighbourhoods with different eyes, Lord, eyes of possibility. You'd help us, Lord, to, to partner with you Help us, Lord, to, to take steps of, of risk and boldness. Come, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So pray as a, um, a benediction, a blessing out of the end of Hebrews. It says this, now, the, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him, or glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen.